I tell you, you know, as you, uh, as you listen, as I was listening to, uh, to the last few verses of that song we just sang, Pastor Cole, I tell you, wasn't it, isn't it an amazing feeling to, just to hear people lifting up, singing praises to God, just to sit and just to hear, just to hear people singing those praises. You know, I was just, I don't know, I was just blessed in that moment. It was just amazing just to hear your all's voices singing to God. You know, what an amazing, uh, amazing thing. And uh, This morning before I get started, I do want to uh, just start off in a word of prayer. Uh, so if you would, let's, let's bow and let's have a word of prayer this morning. Father God, Lord, Lord, we just come this morning, Father God, Lord, just, God, just so thankful, Father God, that we can be in your house, Lord, this morning. God, you're so good. And God, you... Lord, there's so many moments each and every day, Father God, that you are, you just show us, God, just how good you are, how great you are. And God, we just, we just stop just to say thank you, God. And God, we just come to you in this moment, Lord, just, Lord God, just uh, praying, God, that you would, God, that you're, you would be in control, Father God. Father God, Lord, that, that whatever, Father God, that Satan may be putting in our minds, trying to distract us, whatever he may be doing, Lord, to keep our minds and ears off of you, Father God, I pray, Lord, right now, God, that we could set that aside. And Father God, that we could just, Lord, as we have, uh, Lord, had an amazing time of singing and worship and praising you father god and lord as we dig into your word father god i pray god that we could lord god that we come lord just with open hearts and open minds and open ears father god lord just to hear god the message you have for each one of us today god we love you and we praise you and we ask all these things in your wonderful name amen you know if you've uh if you've been with us the last for the last month or so, uh, you know that we have been studying in the, the book of James. We've been doing our series on James and going through that. We started at the very beginning uh, of James and working our way through and uh, leading up today, which is the last sermon uh, in that series in our study on James. And, you know, James is a, is a very exciting book. Uh, it is, it's one that just really gets gets to the point just jumps both feet in you know put your feet into action you know that's what what james is and uh you know james has uh throughout these last few months we've talked about a lot of different things we've talked about uh how to handle trials and tribulations and to find joy in that how to control our our speech how to uh not to not be trusting in our possessions um to being patient in our sufferings a lot of that's just to name a few we've we've talked about a lot of things and today, as, as James is finishing up his letter, uh, things are no different in it. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today is about prayer and how um, uh, the issue of prayer and how important that it is. 
The great D.L. Moody once said this. He said, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. He said that Jesus didn't teach his disciples how to preach. He taught them how to pray. You know, when I read that, heard, uh, read that statement from me, I thought, man, how powerful is that? You know, it just goes to show you how, how important that prayer is. And that's exactly what James is writing here to these Christians who've been under persecution and, and they've been scattered all throughout the Mediterranean world. Uh, they've been going through a lot of hard times, a lot of trials, and that's what the last part of this letter he's trying to encourage them to do is to put their faith into action and that, that true faith will produce love, um, loving actions towards others. And that's how he's finishing out this these last moments, you know, if you can imagine writing, if you're out writing a letter, you know, when you get to the end, you're kind of, kind of filling in those last final thoughts, those last things you want to share and that you want to bring to those people. And that's what, that's what uh, James is doing here. He's trying to get them to, to understand that the most part uh, to making this happen, to all these things we've talked about, the most important part is to being on your knees in prayer. You know, think for a minute, how much time do we spend on our knees in prayer. You know, really just think about that for a minute. With everything that goes on in our lives, which we live extremely busy, fast-paced lives, think about how much time do you spend in prayer? And as you're thinking about that, that's what we want to talk about this morning, look at in the Scripture here that James is sharing. And if you have your Bibles... Uh, we're going to be looking in uh, the last book of James, which is James 5, verses 13 through 20. It'll be up here on the screen as well. Um, that's our passage we will look at this morning. And so in James 5, starting verse 13, this is what it says. <clears throat> it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it, as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will, and will cover a multitude of sins. You know, as he begins these verses uh, that we just read, the first point I want to kind of bring out to you and that I uh, encourage you to write down that he's sharing with them is this, is the challenge to pray. The first point is the, is the challenge to pray. You know, as I told you before, these Christians that he's uh, sharing this with are under heavy persecution and, and turmoil. And so James is trying to share with them how they can get through it all, what they can do to get through these times. And so I want to start with verse 13 through 15 that we read. 
I'm going to read them one more time real quick. It says, If anyone among you is suffering, then let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. If anyone among you is sick, let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You see, James here is trying to get the point across that whatever you're going through, take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, he started out, it started, he started after that to begin to give examples of different things. And the first one he said was, if any one of you is suffering, then pray. You know, and for the ones that he's writing to, these Christians, that's very powerful to them because that's what they are going through. They're going through a lot of suffering. And so this really hits home for them. Um, and what he's saying is here is that I understand that you are, have gone and are going through some hard times, but continue to trust in the Lord. Your faith must be active and not just saying that you believe. And so for a minute, I just want you to think for a minute to yourselves. Um, when you were suffering, maybe you were going through a hard time in life. You know, maybe it was dealing with uh, the loss of a loved one. Maybe it was the loss of a job. Maybe a, um, you're just dealing with um, uh, financial issues. I don't know, whatever it may be. But remember, think back to one of those times when you were suffering. You know, in those times, did you let the lies of the enemy creep in and tell you that what good is it doing to pray? You know, maybe you've had those thoughts before. I just really don't know if this is doing any good. But you know, what James is saying here is to, is to continue to trust in the Lord. Continue to pray. Put your trust in Him. You know, it says, if anyone is cheerful... Uh, I like what the NIV says in this part. It says, if anyone is happy, let him sing praises. And you know, when I think about that, you know, you, th you, th you think about that part, why would he do that? Well, you know, many times that's one of the, of the difficult times that we remember to pray, isn't it? When things are going good, when everything seems to be going smooth, not any problems, you know, it's in those moments that we, that we think we have things under control. We think that we've got a grasp on it, that, you know, we don't have to be praying at that time. Sometimes that's our thoughts. And he's saying, you know, whenever you're cheerful, sing praises, pray to God. He also says in here, if anyone is sick, call on the elders and let him pray over you. You know, maybe many of you have been in that position before. Maybe you've been sick or you're going into a surgery. Uh, maybe you had lost a loved one or somebody in your family was going through this, you know, when someone from the church came and prayed, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a deacon, maybe it was just a, um, a member from the church, a friend from the church that came and they prayed. You know, James is talking here about having, about, he's talking about the faith of the person, the people praying over you. You see, God, God is the one that heals. Amen. You know, God is the one that heals. You know, but... But our prayers are just a part of that healing process. He wants to hear and have communion with us. And so our prayers are a part of that. And so that's what he's saying here is to, is to call on someone from the church. It says in Ephesians 6, 18, it says this. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Did you catch that part? Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. 
To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's what they're saying here in Ephesians is to pray. Be praying at all times in the Spirit. James is saying, I challenge you to pray. You know, it sounds easy, but how much time do we truly spend with him? Like I, I was asking you earlier in prayer, how much time do we do that? You know, there's a guy named R.A. Torrey that made this statement that uh, I'm going to challenge you to even write this down. This is a powerful, powerful statement, okay? Now, I'll read it a couple times so you can get all of it. But he said this. He said, prayer is the key that unlocks. Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer. I'll read it one more time. It says, Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is, all that God has, is at the disposal of prayer. You know, that is a powerful statement. You know, do we truly realize the power that we can tap into? When we pray to God, the power that He offers and gives to us. And many times we let that, you know, many times we let that, that we let it pass by. And that is true of what God wants us to do. He wants us to tap into that power. He wants us to have that communion with God. You know, isn't it amazing to think that, we've, that we can go to God at any time and know that He hears our prayers, that He answers our prayers? You know, I'm sure there's times, time and time again, where we could, if, if I ask for testimonies of a time when God has, God has, you have prayed for something and prayed, and you've seen that prayer answered. You've seen how God moved. You know, isn't that awesome to know that we have that? We have that ability to go and to pray and to talk to Him. We don't have to go through somebody. We don't have to do anything else. We can go straight to God and pray to Him. That's awesome. That's an awesome thing. You know, there's a, a story that, that I shared one time. I know I shared it on a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night Bible study, I'm sorry, one time. And I may have shared it in a sermon, I can't remember, but it, it, is so, it goes along with what James is saying, and it's so powerful. And so I want to share it again this morning with you. But it talks about how one day a boy was watching this man praying by the banks uh, of a river in India. This boy was watching him pray, and when this, when this holy man completed his prayer, the boy went over and asked him, he said, will you teach me how to pray? And the holy man studied the boy's face carefully, and then he began to grip his hands around that boy's head. And in a moment, he plunged his head down into that water, and he held it underwater, held him underwater. And so the boy, the boy began to struggle frantically, trying to free himself in order to get his breath. Finally, the man let his grip loose, and the boy come up out of the water. And after he finally was able to, to get his breath, he, he asked the guy, he said, what did you do that for? And the holy man said, I just gave you your first lesson. The boy says, well, what do you mean? Asked the boy, astonished. He was just astonished. And he asked the man, he said, well, said the man, when you long to pray as much as you long for that breath when your head was under the water, only then will I be able to teach you how to pray. Wow. 
you know? You know, me, you've probably been in that position before where you were gasping for air. You know, it was all you could do. You wanted it so bad, you know, that you were reaching out for it and wanted to get it. And he's saying, when you get to where you want to pray that badly, when you need it that bad in your life, that's when I can teach you how to pray. You know, how, how many times do we, do we long to want to be in prayer with God like that? That we just crave it and that we want it. And that's what, he's, that's what James is saying here to these, to these Christians. He's saying, I want to, the first thing I want to tell you is to challenge you to pray. So secondly, the second thing I want to bring out that he, that he shares is this. is also not the, the challenge to pray, but the character of prayer. The second thing I want to write now is the character of prayer. And I'm going to look at verse 16 again. <clears throat> that says this. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it, as it is working. You know, what James is saying here is that this is a crucial part in your relationship with God. It's important to have people who are going to be there to support you and to pray for you. And what he was saying here is that if you confess your sin, it's, for you to, it's very important to confess your sins to one another. He knows how valuable it is to have someone to share with and give support, give you support. You know, he even follows up with it a little further down in verse 19 and 20 where he says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. You see, that's what he's talking about here is the character of a person, a Christian person, and their prayer is worth so much. You know, many of us have been there before where we've, where we've had times where we wandered from God. We've, we've fell in back from God. Didn't feel as close to God as we did once before. And maybe you've had that friend or that person who you were able to go and share that with. You know, that you were able to go to and just say, Jamie, you know, I'm really going through this. It's really dealing with me hard. I need you to pray for me. You know, or, or Brian, maybe you went up and, you know, I went up to Brian and I said, you know, Brian, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? Maybe you've had somebody done that before. You know, and there's power in that. You know, there's power in that. That's, you know, somebody is praying for you, that you're, that you're being supported, that somebody cares about you. And that's what... That's what James is, <clears throat> is saying here is, uh, you know, is that many times it's hard. It's hard for us to see many times. Sometimes whenever um, maybe, we're, maybe we're falling back. Maybe we don't see what other people are seeing. But, but they can see that and say, you know, man, let's talk about this. Let me pray with you. And so it's, you know, it, it's important to have that. You know, in verse 16, he says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You see, someone that is in communion with God in prayer is one of the most powerful resources that we can have. It's one of the most powerful resources that we can have. And so are you leaning on others for support? You know, and depending on others. 
for their character and their praise? Are you being that for other people? Think about that for a minute. The third point I want to bring out to you is this, uh, that we look, as we're looking at Scripture, is James is saying that we need to have uh, the confidence in prayer. You know, he's challenged us to praise. He's challenged you to have the character of prayer. And now he's saying, I want you to have the confidence in prayer. And in verses 17 through 18, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. <clears throat> Do you go into prayer when you're praying to God? Do you go into it with confidence? You know, he used a great example here, James did, of, of an example when he brings up Elijah as an example of this. You know, back in, back in 1 Kings 17, Elijah is meeting with Ahab. And as he's meeting with Ahab, he begins to tell him how, how that the Lord has, has spoken to him and how he's revealed to him that there'll, that there'll be no more rain until he says it. it'll be several years, a few, uh, a few years before it rains. You know, think about what confidence he had to have. You know, what if you were in that position? What if he said, you know, I want you to go and just tell these people that the Lord spoke to me and it's not going to rain for several years. Would you have the confidence to do that? But, you know, that's what he had shared with him. And he said, um, following up in 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, I want to read to you here and look at this scripture. This is the, where he goes back to Ahab and is sharing with him. He says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. And so Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of, the, of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. In other words, he began to pray. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And when he went up and looked, he said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up. Say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stops you. Verse 45, he says, In a little while the heavens grew back with, with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and at the hand of the Lord, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance to Jezreel. So, you know, just think for a minute how much confidence he had, he had to have in that prayer when God revealed that to him. You know, as I said before, if you were in that situation, how would you respond? Do you think you could be bold like that and go in confidence and, and proclaim that? You know, as James told them, the power is available, as we talked about a while ago, is, is available to them in prayer. But you know, have you ever had those times when you're praying 
And you go and you say, you're, you, know, you talk to God, you're talking to Him, and, you, and you're praying about maybe it's a situation or something that's going on in your life or direction in life or whatever it may be. And when you get done praying, you end up thinking that, I really don't think this is going to happen. You know? This is really not going to happen. I know I prayed it, but just in your mind, you're thinking it's just, it's just not going to happen. You know, I think many times that we do that. I think many times that we, we, we don't have the confidence that God can do all things. And you know, what's, what, what's funny is, you know, we serve a God who, who is so powerful. I mean, he, he knows all, controls all, He made all, all these things. But yet many times we lack in having confidence when we go to Him in prayer. You know, it's amazing to think that, you know, how, you know, God sees the whole picture of our life. You know, grace, God sees exactly what, you're gonna, what your life is going to be like when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50. He can see all that. He knows, and it's crazy to know that He knows every hair on your head, Ron. I mean, it's glad that, you know, some of us, He don't have to know as much. But he knows. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, I had to throw that out there. <laughs> but isn't it crazy, though, to know that our God knows us that well? He knows everything about us. And if we know, if we know that, that God knows everything about us, and that he, can, he knows everything about our future, why would we not want to go and spend time with talking with him in prayer? And getting to know him better. You know, as I was studying for that this week, you know, and thinking about that, I thought, man, you know, when I got to thinking about my life in general, I'm thinking, you know, how much time do I put and effort do I put forth in so many things? But yet I push prayer back, and I push prayer back, and I push prayer back. You know, maybe you're like me, maybe you're, you're that same way. But James is, James is telling him here, he's saying, I want you to have confidence. Confidence in your prayer. You know, the important thing that he's saying here is that when you pray, pray, pray with confidence like Elijah had and just trust, and just trust God. Have confidence and trust Him. What's... What is keeping you from having that confidence in God? What's keeping you from having that, that time to go and spend in prayer? You know, James is talking to them here that, you know, they're all going through this suffering. They're going through these trials. They're going through all these hard times. They've been scattered out. They've been persecuted. And many of us, you know, we go through same things like that. We have our struggles. We have our hard times. But you know, what is, what's keeping us from spending that time with God in prayer, from tapping into that power that, he's, that He can offer? That's what James is saying here as he's finishing out this letter. He's saying, as we've talked about, as I've shared with you in this letter, all these things, how to put your faith into action, how to do all, you know, to, to live out, your Christian walk, 
He ends it with saying, continuing, continue to be on your knees in prayer. Let prayer be what, what you stand on, your prayer. It says in Romans 12, 12 and 13, it says this. It says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Did you catch that? Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You know, as the, uh, as the band comes forward, I want to share with you, I want to, I want to ask you a few questions. <clears throat> how, how often are you in prayer, spending time in prayer? How dedicated are you to praying? You know, just think how you would feel if, you know, we know that God sent His Son to die on that cross for each and every one of us. And how amazing and great that is. I mean, He was willing to send His only Son to die for each and every one of us. And then yet we struggle sometimes to have, to make time just to talk to this, to our Savior. You know, if we put ourselves in His shoes, think how that would make you feel. If you had gave your son or your child to die on the cross to die for somebody, person doesn't even want to take time to, to spend time in praying with you and talking to you. You know, that's what, that's what God wants. He wants you to spend time praying to Him. We spend far too little time on our knees praying to God. Amen? I'm telling you. Maybe it's just me, but I can tell you that I don't spend enough time doing that. And so I want to challenge you. I want you to think about, really be honest with yourself when you're answering those questions. Maybe God's, you know, is God saying, are you too busy? talk to me? Are you too busy to come and share with me? I really want you to evaluate your prayer life in these next few moments. Hopefully God is, hopefully God through this service has, has shown you things in your life that you can do to get closer, to draw closer to Him. Before we, before we stand, I'm going to have to stand here in just a minute. We're going to pray. 
before we do that, I just want to spend just a minute or two just, just the music playing. And I just want you to spend a, a minute or two just praying to God. Just talking to Him about your all's relationship. So in these next few moments, I just want you to just to be praying. We just come to you in this moment, Father God. Lord, just... God, I just come praying, Father God, Lord, that we would see the importance, Father God, and how much that we need to be on our knees, Lord, praying to you, Father God. Lord, I pray that, that God, if there's someone here today that, that, that God, that does not know you, God, I pray that today, Father God, as they feel a tugging on their heart, they feel that warm feeling going on, Father God, that they would realize, Father God, that you are wanting to be a part of their lives. God, that today is the day that they can make that decision, God, to follow you, to ask you into their hearts. God, we know that you, that, God, that we are here for a purpose. God, that you had us in this church, in this pew for a purpose, Father God. And God, I pray that, God, that we didn't waste this opportunity. God, that we didn't just let it pass by, Father God, and not hear the message, God, that you wanted us to hear. God, I pray that if there is something going on, God, that we need to deal with, Father God, that we take these next few moments, and God, we take advantage of this moment. God, that we are on our knees, Father God, in prayer to you. Because, God, we know that there is power in prayer. this time to you, Father God. In your name we pray, amen. Church, this altar is open. Pastors will be up here, pray with you, talk with you, whatever you're dealing with. I just pray that you deal with it. Don't let this time pass. Let God speak to you right now.
Pastor Tim brought to us today. You believe that? Say amen. Now, I have to tell you before I say this, I'm, as I sit in the pew and listened, I'm, I'm the chief of all sinners when it comes to this. And I'm forced to ask myself a question and you a question. Why is the altar not full this morning? There's not one person here who doesn't have a need. Why is the altar not full of people saying, Pastor, I need you to pray over me. Friend, I need you to pray over me. Brother, I need you to lay hands on me. Pray over me. I, I, we don't normally do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Here's what James said again. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders and ask for prayer and be anointed that they may be healed. Now you say, Pastor Ron, this is a Baptist church. We don't believe in that. This is the Word of God. You believe that? Say amen. Don't tell me we don't do it. Why are we not here this morning? Said, I need someone to lay hands on me. I need to fall upon my knees before God. 
Now, it's easy from this pulpit to guilt people into doing things, and I don't want to do that. But I want to challenge you with this. I keep a bottle of anointing oil. I got one at home. I got one in my car. I'm going to go this week and buy four or five more. We're going to have them here. And if any time you feel led of the Spirit that you need someone to pray over you and to anoint you and to lay hands upon you that you might be healed, that you might uh, be able to overcome the suffering or pain that you might have, this is the place to do it right here when we're gathered together as the body of Christ. This is a special time. You say, Pastor Ron, that just takes too long. How long can we give God? Why are we here other than to find what God has for us? So next Sunday, we're going to have bottles of anointing all here. If you want someone to pray over you, we'll call the deacons together, the pastors together, and we'll lay hands upon you. We will pray for you, and we'll lift you up as Aaron lifted the arms of Moses up because that's why we're here. Amen. You believe this? Amen. Amen. Pastor Tim, I was convicted, man. I was convicted that I'm not the man of prayer that I need to be. I pray that we'll take this word and it will sit upon our hearts. And it won't beat us down, but it'll lift us up because in prayer, in prayer, what did he read from our Tori? All 